and welcome to The Literacy Teacher's Life, a podcast for teachers and parents that gives ideas about how to help our children learn to love reading, writing, and all things literacy. I'm your host, Elizabeth Morphus, a literacy professor and a mom to two elementary-aged girls. Here we'll talk about thoughtful, creative, and realistic ways to navigate literacy learning so that your children will feel supported and seen in their reading and writing. Now, let's get this conversation started. Welcome to the Literacy Teachers Life Podcast. This is episode 20, and we are well into July by now, and summer is in full swing. I hope everyone is having a great summer, enjoying the warmer weather, having fun by the ocean or in a pool, and hopefully enjoying a lower key schedule. I'm actually not teaching this summer, so my schedule is definitely more centered around my kids, which has been a really nice change of pace. And speaking of kids, this episode, as well as the next few episodes, are more aimed at parents and how parents can support their children with reading during the summer months. So my kids ended school on the later side because we live in New York State, which tends to end the school year at the end of June. And ever since the school year ended, I've been asked by a handful of parents for tips on keeping their kids reading, as well as suggestions for reading with kids at home over the summer months. So that's why I decided that this episode and the next few episodes will be focused on summer reading. So my goal and my or my focus for summer reading is to spend time sharing stories with my child. I like to approach this as a time to search for books that my kids will enjoy and that they'll want to read, and they'll want to read with me. So I'm really careful about the books and the titles I pick. I also think about reading in the summer as a fun time to connect with my kids over the stories that we're reading. I want this to be a really fun experience rather than something stressful. I want it to increase their self-esteem, not for them to feel disheartened or upset about something. I really want this to be an enjoyable time. So to start this off this week, I'm going to focus on picture books and how to use picture books with your child to help them stay interested and engaged in reading. To begin with, what are picture books? So picture books are for kids of all ages. I've worked with kids who reach third grade and they think they're too old for picture books, but really, in fact, they absolutely are not. Picture books are for all ages of kids. So parents, don't feel that you can't read a picture book to your child who's in third, fourth, or even fifth grade because you absolutely can. And there are some great titles out there for older kids. So picture books are a format of children's literature, and there are picture books in all different genres, which is great because you can pretty much find a picture book in any genre that your child is interested in. You have so many options. And also, picture books are not just books that have pictures. The story really depends on the interaction between the written text and the illustrations. They have been created with an intention to create meaning for the reader. So you need both. You need the illustrations and you also need the print. So in a picture book, the print and the illustrations share the job of telling the story. Sometimes the print and the illustrations align and they tell the same story, but other times they do not. 
And this is when reading becomes a little more critical and you can have this conversation with your child and model this reading with your child pointing out, oh, look, the text and the illustrations, they don't really match, do they? Because the illustrations share the job of telling the story, they need to be actively viewed by the reader. So this means that when you're reading with your child, you can point out different features in the illustrations, and there is a lot of comprehension work that can be done by reading the illustrations. And if this is done over time, this will actually transfer to when your children are reading the print in books. And that means picture books as well as chapter books. Okay, so what are the purposes of the illustrations in a picture book? The illustrations can establish the story. You and your child can tell where the story is taking place by viewing the illustrations. For example, is the book set in an urban area or a suburban area? Is it in a house? Is it outside? So it can really help tell where the setting is. And you can introduce that vocabulary. Where do you think this book takes place? Let's look at the setting. The illustrations also help develop the characters. They can show how the character's emotions are changing throughout the story. And I'm going to start with that. I'm going to show an example later in this episode. And that's one thing that the illustrations help show is how the character is feeling. Illustrations can also show a different viewpoint. So a different point of view in the story. They can also establish the mood. And this can be done through the colors in the illustrations. So if it's a stormy day, maybe the mood is more somber, the pictures are darker. So there's a lot there that you can work with. All right. So how do I use picture books with my own kids? This is a question I get asked a lot. So I'm going to give you an example with the beginning of the book Spoon by Amy Krauss Rosenthal. So I'm going to take you through how I read this with my kids through the first few pages. I'm not sure I can read the whole thing due to copyright issues, so I'll definitely walk you through the first few pages and show how I ask my kids questions and model how I'm thinking about the book. All right, so here we go. So with the book Spoon by Amy Krauss Rosenthal, I'll show the cover of the book and we'll talk about on the book there's a spoon and it looks like a small spoon. So a child and spoon has a smile on his face and is waving. So I open the book and turn to the end pages. I always point out the end pages when I'm reading books with kids. So the end pages are the pages at the very beginning and the very end of hardcover books. So if you have read Mo Willems books, he always has really fun end pages. So in the book, the pigeon wants a hot dog. He has pictures of hot dogs on the beginning and the end of the book. All right. So when you open the book, the first page you turn to before the title page, that's the end page. And in this book, Spoon, the end pages have pictures of a spoon, a knife, a fork, and chopsticks. Hmm. So with my kids, I would start with a question. Hmm, I'm looking at these end pages and I would actually use that term with them. And I'm wondering why these pictures are included here. What do you think this book will be about? So I'm asking them to make a prediction. And this is a perfect time to make a prediction about what's coming in the book. Okay. So after the end pages, I turn to the title page. I always read the title page and the dedication pages with my kids because I think it's fun to see who the author and the illustrator are dedicating the book to. And in this particular book, the dedications 
are on sugar packets. And I point that out to them. Hmm, why? I wonder why these are on sugar packets. I wonder if we'll see that in the book. Hint, hint, you do. All right, so let's start. So page one of the book, this is Spoon. And you see a picture of Spoon waving very similarly to the cover of the book. And then the next page, this is Spoon's family. Here I would say, wow, Spoon has such a huge family. It looks like he has so many relatives. And look, we can see that some of Spoon's family is made up of all different types of spoons. They do not all look the same, nor are they the same shape and size of Spoon. And look, some of Spoon's family members look older and some look younger, just like our family. So there I'm making a text-to-self connection. Spoon even has relatives that look like uncles. See, the spoon with the mustache, doesn't he look like Spoon's uncle? So by doing this, I'm reading the illustration with my kids, and I'm showing them how I'm thinking about the illustrations and making sense of it. And I'm also showing how I'm making connections to our own family. Okay, turning the page. On Sundays, Spoon goes to visit his Aunt Silver. He has to be on his very best behavior there. She's very fancy and proper. And Aunt Silver says, goodbye, darling, ta-ta. So here I would ask, hmm, what makes Aunt Silver look fancy and proper? And I would wait for my child to answer. And you could even add a connection question here. Who do you know who looks fancy and proper? And your child may be able to make a connection to another family member or to a character from another book or a movie. When I read this book to a class, a child raised her hand and said that Aunt Silver reminded her of Fancy Nancy. So you just don't know who they're going to connect to. Okay. The next page. At bedtime, Spoon likes to hear the story about his adventurous great-grandmother who fell in love with a dish and ran off to a distant land. And I'm looking at this page and I see that Spoon is lying on a pillow of the sugar packet that was in the dedication page. And this is where I would point out, hmm, we've seen that before in this book. We've seen that sugar packet illustration. And I would actually go back to the dedication page and show that where we have seen it. I would also say, hmm, what story do we know where the dish ran away with a spoon? Talk about that. All right. The next page. Lately, though, Spoon has been feeling blue. What's wrong? Asked his mother. You look a bit bent out of shape. Nothing, mumbled Spoon. Hmm. Spoon is bent out of shape, so his Spoon seems to be upset about something. What do you think is bothering Spoon? Is a question I could ask. Or have you ever been bent out of shape? What's something that upset you? All right. The next page. It's just that I don't know. All of my friends have it so much better than me. Like Knife. Knife is so lucky he gets to cut. He gets to spread. I never get to cut or spread. Yes, Knife is pretty spiffy that way, isn't he? Oh my goodness. So there is so much here you can talk about with your child. So first of all, you can go back to the end pages. This is a great place to point out, okay, now we see a knife. So on the end pages, there was a spoon, a knife, and a fork. So we've been introduced to spoon. Now we're on to knife. And I'm 
thinking that Spoon is a little bent out of shape because he's upset he doesn't get to be like Knife. He thinks Knife has things going so much better because he can do things like cutting and spreading, things that Spoon just cannot do. So there is a great place to model what you're thinking about. Okay, I'll go through one more page. So the next page reads, and Fork. Fork is so lucky. She gets to go practically everywhere. I bet she never goes stir crazy like I do. Fork does get out and make herself useful, doesn't she? Hmm. So again, let's go back to those end pages. We have spoon. We have knife. We have fork. Hmm. And it sounds like spoon really wants to be like knife so that he could cut or spread. And he's really jealous of fork because fork can also do things that spoon can't do, like go in fire twirl pasta, things that Spoon can't do. So that's one of the reasons Spoon is a little upset. Okay, so at the end of the book, after going through this with your child, and you can ask, is there a time that you felt jealous of somebody else because someone could do something? And you can have those conversations throughout the book and also at the end of the book. So at the end of the book, I can ask a question to get to the big idea of the story. And this question would be, so what do you think Spoon learned about himself? So this can over time lead to a bigger discussion. Is there something that you really like about yourself or that you would want to change about yourself? And then have that conversation with the child. You could also share something if you've ever been jealous of someone or if you wanted to change something about yourself when you were a kid or currently. And it's just a nice connection time and a bonding time with your child. So I hope that was helpful just to see how I use picture books with kids. And it's great because then as they're reading other books, chapter books or other stories, they can make connections between texts. Okay, so there are so many picture books out there. To give a comprehensive list would be a lot. So I'm just going to give you some suggestions for picture books that I really like reading with my own kids. I love anything by Amy Krauss Rosenthal. She writes great books. She has the Uni the Unicorn book. She has a book exclamation mark that's really fun. So she Don't Blink is another great one. She has great books. Reese Witherspoon has a new book that is fun, and it's called Busy Betty. And I'll talk about that at the end of this episode. Anything by Matt De La Pena is wonderful and definitely can lead to discussions. And there's so much in the illustrations as well as in the print. If you want to try books that are a little bit different, David Wisner's books are amazing. He's one of my favorite authors as well. You might have to do a bit more explaining with these texts, but they are really fun to share with your child. One note, though, you might want to go through the books first before reading them with your child. One that's great to start with is The Three Pigs. And another one is Tuesday. And there's a great short film that you, if you Google Tuesday by David Wisner film, that will come up and it's really wonderful. And it goes along well with the book. All right. Amy Young's Unicorn series is a really fun one for kids as well. And for older kids, I get asked, what about for older kids? A Page in the Wind by Jose Sanabria. Showway by Jacqueline Woodson is wonderful. I also really like The Three Questions by John Muth. Anything by Dan Santant is great. 
one of his books that I really like using with third, fourth, fifth graders is After the Fall. So those are just a few ideas for you when you're working with kids at home with picture books. All right. So just a few more things. So the home connection, how do you support your readers? So we talked about some of the goals of reading picture books with your kids or the focus. So when I'm reading with my kids, I want the text to lead to even a small conversation, just something to talk about with them. Sometimes it doesn't happen right away. If I'm reading with them at night and they're tired, I might not be able to have the conversation with them. But then I could pick it up the next day if I, oh, you know, we were, when we were reading Spoon, I noticed Spoon was really upset because he wanted to be like fork and knife. And I could continue the conversation then. An aspect of reading that's important for kids to understand or comprehend the text that is being read to them or that they're reading. So I really like to use this time to focus on comprehension skills when I'm reading picture books with my kids. They get so much decoding work in school and I can that can be done with other books. But I feel like when I'm reading a picture book with them, I really want to focus on making meaning of the book and having them think about the text and what's happening and make connections. So that's really what I'm focusing on. And just to give you a few comprehension skills, not too many, to make it manageable for you to focus on with your child is you could identify the setting. You could identify the characters and the characters' traits. You can, again, a nice thing is to talk about the mood in the book. How is the overall tone? And then the other one is the theme or the big idea in the book. And don't be upset if your child answers in one or just a few words when they're talking about the theme. That can come over time. And that's a great starting point for them to even identify a word or a phrase about the book. Okay, so I hope that was helpful just to talk about how picture books can be used to support your kids during the summer. And again, keep it really positive. Keep it fun. Use books that you think your child would like and that you would like reading with your child. And before we end, I just want to end on a positive note. And I'm going to share why reading picture books to kids is so essential and important in helping kids just thrive as readers. So at the end of the school year, both my girls have birthdays that are in the summer months. And I was able to go into their classrooms at the very end of the school year to read as a way to celebrate their birthdays. And it's a nice way that the school can invite parents into the classroom and it doesn't involve food, which is an issue with allergies. So both of my girls, surprisingly, wanted me to read Reese Witherspoon's new book, Busy Betty, or her more recent book. And it's a fun book. It's really perfect for moving into the summer months. And it focuses on Betty, who is a really busy kid. She loves to come up with plans, but sometimes she can't focus enough to finish her plans. And this is where her best friend comes in because her best friend helps her put the plans together and implement them. So anyways, when I went in to read the book to each group, to kindergarten and to second grade, I couldn't get over how engaged the kids were. And they were able to have a very small discussion about the book after I was finished reading it. And, and they led that. I didn't, which was really nice. And so many of the kids in their classes made connections to their own lives, which was so wonderful to hear. 
there were two kindergarten students who were able to make connections to other books that they had read with the teacher, which was amazing. And this is all wonderful, critical thinking work. And it's work that's done with the support of an adult as kids are learning to read independently. And they're learning not only to read the words, but also to think about the texts. So anyways, I hope this was helpful as you're getting into the summer months and spending a little more time maybe reading with your children over the summer. I'm going to be back in two weeks with more about summer reading. But until then, you can find me on Instagram at The Literacy Teacher's Life, or you can check out my blog at theliteracyteacherslife.com. And I really hope you are enjoying this summer season. I'll see you next time. And that's it for this episode of The Literacy Teacher's Life. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at theliteracyteacherslife. My email address is elizabeth at theliteracyteacherslife.com. Thank you so much for listening. Please tell a friend about this podcast. And of course, you can leave me a review on any podcast platform where you listen. I so appreciate it. I'll see you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.